Guidelines in Practice Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis by Terry Link Abstract Surgical site infections, SSIs, frequently involve resident bacteria, for example, Staphylococcus aureus, on the patient's skin. Strategies to help prevent SSIs include removing soil and transient microorganisms from the skin before surgery, preoperative decolonization, preoperative bathing, and application of an effective skin antiseptic at the surgical site are components of a multimodal approach to reducing microorganisms to subpathogenic levels. As members of an interdisciplinary team, perioperative RNs are essential in the development and implementation of SSI prevention bundles to promote patient safety. This article discusses recommendations from the AORN, Guideline for Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis, for decolonization protocols, preoperative bathing, and selection of surgical site antiseptics. A scenario describes the process a facility team uses to determine components of an SSI prevention bundle after recognizing an increase in infections from multidrug-resistant organisms. Surgical site infections, SSIs, frequently involve Staphylococcus aureus, and 80% of these SSIs can be attributed to resident bacteria on the patient's skin. Removal of soil and microorganism at the surgical site during preoperative skin antisepsis reduces the patient's risk of developing an SSI. Perioperative RNs play an essential role in developing and implementing protocols or bundles for SSI prevention, and should include methods that contribute to reducing microorganisms in preparation for surgical skin antisepsis, such as preoperative decolonization, preoperative bathing, and hair management. The AORN Guideline for Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis, published in May 2021, provides perioperative team members with evidence-based practice guidance to reduce the risk of SSI development and promote patient safety. The guideline provides recommendations based on the guideline project team's appraisal of the strength and quality of the evidence available in the healthcare literature. The project team used the evidence appraisal score, a benefit-harm assessment, and consideration of resource use to rate each recommendation. The AORN evidence rating model has four levels of recommendation ratings. Regulatory requirement, recommendation, conditional recommendation, and no recommendation. Figure 1 shows the criteria for each recommendation level. The evidence table for the guideline, available on the AORN website at https colon double slash aorn.org slash guidelines slash about hyphen AORN hyphen guidelines slash evidence hyphen tables, provides detailed information on the literature the project team used to develop the guideline. The Surgical Skin Antisepsis Guideline addresses seven topics. 1. Decolonization. 2. Preoperative bathing. 3. Surgical site hair. 4. Selection of the surgical site antiseptic. 5. Application of the surgical site antiseptic. 6. Handling and storage of antiseptics. And 7. Quality. This article discusses recommendations from the guideline sections on decolonization, preoperative bathing, and selection of the surgical site antiseptic. 
A scenario describes a facility team's development of a bundle of interventions to decrease the risk of SSIs for patients undergoing surgical spine procedures and their process for evaluating and selecting agents for decolonization, preoperative bathing, and surgical site antisepsis. See sidebar 1. Decolonization Findings of a 2006 study on S. aureus colonization in the United States showed prevalence rates of 31.6% for S. aureus and 0.84% for methicillin-resistant S. aureus, MRSA, in the general population. Additional research results show that patients who are colonized with MRSA have ninefold greater odds of developing an MRSA SSI than do non-colonized patients. Decolonization decreases the bacterial load and may decrease the risk of an SSI, especially for high-risk procedures and vulnerable patients. Common nasal decolonization agents include mupiracin, povidone iodine, and alcohol-based products. Recommendations AORN recommends that facility leaders convene an interdisciplinary team comprising a variety of personnel. For example, infection preventionists, pharmacists, perioperative RNs, surgeons, microbiology laboratory personnel. To determine the need for development and implementation of a preoperative S. aureus decolonization program, the team should, quote, use a risk-based approach that includes local epidemiology, procedure-specific risk factors, and patient risk factors when determining S. aureus decolonization strategies, end quote, and should evaluate additional resources, for example, laboratory services, that may be needed. The team should consider horizontal, vertical, or blended strategies for S. aureus decolonization. The horizontal approach also called universal decolonization, is nasal or body decolonization for patients regardless of whether they have been determined to be colonized. This strategy can eradicate a wide range of pathogens in a population, decreasing the potential for cross-transmission. Another advantage of universal decolonization is that there is no need to wait for test results to begin treatment. In a vertical or targeted approach, Patients are screened and receive treatment only if the test is positive. This approach can result in a cost savings for decolonizing agents compared to a universal approach, but there are additional costs related to testing. The blended approach includes a combination of universal and targeted decolonization and is based on the surgical population, antibiotic resistance patterns, and community rates of MRSA. For example, a facility team may decide to employ a universal strategy for patients undergoing high-risk procedures, but a targeted approach for patients undergoing other surgical procedures. In some instances, organisms have become resistant to an antibiotic decolonization agent, such as mupiracin. Therefore, if practitioners use mupiracin for nasal decolonization, Surveillance for antibiotic resistance may be part of a facility's antimicrobial stewardship program. Preoperative bathing Although there is no evidence to confirm that preoperative bathing decreases the incidence of SSI, the World Health Organization's Global Guideline on the Prevention of Surgical Side Infection 
supports preoperative bathing or showering to ensure the skin is clean and the bacterial load is reduced. Additional research is needed to help define optimal preoperative bathing protocols, including factors such as the effectiveness of antiseptics compared to planar antimicrobial soaps and the optimal timing and number of baths or showers before a procedure. Recommendations AORN notes that the benefits of preoperative bathing outweigh the potential harms and therefore recommends patients perform preoperative bathing with either soap or an antiseptic at least once on the night before or day of surgery. Preoperative bathing can reduce transient and resident microorganisms on the skin, which may reduce the patient's risk of developing an SSI. However, during the bathing process, patients may experience harm, such as skin irritation, allergic reaction, or unnecessary treatment with antiseptics. An interdisciplinary team should select the products and develop a standardized protocol for preoperative bathing that includes the amount of the product to use, that is dose, the number of applications, that is frequency, and the length of time the skin should be exposed to the product, that is duration. Selection of the Surgical Site Antiseptic An effective skin antiseptic rapidly and persistently removes transient microorganisms, that is, those that can be easily removed with soap and water, and resident microorganisms colonized on the skin that can contaminate a surgical incision. It may be important to select preoperative skin antiseptics based on the organisms commonly found at the surgical site. For example, an incision site may be adjacent to contaminated areas, such as the perineum for lower spine surgery or near a colostomy site. Findings of a retrospective cohort analysis of 7,529 spine surgery procedures between July 2005 and November 2010 showed that SSIs occurred in 239, 3.17%, of the procedures, and gram-negative bacteria, for example, Escherichia coli, were the cause of the infection in 57, 78.1%, of the 73 SSIs involving the lumbosacral area. Selecting surgical site antiseptics can be a challenge because surgeons in different specialties may have varying needs based on the incision site, and allergies may preclude application of a recommended antiseptic on some patients. Recommendations AORN recommends forming an interdisciplinary team to select surgical site antiseptics. The team should base antiseptic selection decisions on current research, clinical guidelines, manufacturer's instructions for use, cost, and ease of application. The perioperative team should identify the plan for surgical antisepsis before transporting the patient to the OR. AORN and seven other health agencies and professional organizations recommend that perioperative personnel apply an alcohol-based skin antiseptic to the surgical site, unless contraindicated. When used alone, alcohol is bactericidal and effective for surgical skin preparation, but lacks persistence. When combined with another antiseptic, such as chlorhexidine gluconate, CHG, or povidone iodine, alcohol provides a rapid, persistent, and cumulative effect. Scenario. At a regional academic medical center, 
a group of five orthopedic surgeons and neurosurgeons who perform spine procedures, have reported an increased number of SSIs. Most of the patients have multiple risk factors that include obesity, diabetes, and hypertension, which increase their risk for developing an SSI. Clinicians have identified a shift in the type of microorganism-causing infection, and culture results show that a multidrug-resistant strain of S. aureus is present in the infected surgical site wounds. The surgical department does not have a standardized SSI prevention bundle, and the surgeons use different decolonizing agents, preoperative protocols, and skin antiseptics for surgical site preparation. In complicated, for example, multi-level fusion, spine procedures, an orthopedic surgeon may assist a neurosurgeon, and each may request that staff members use a different SSI prevention bundle. At the request of infection preventionists and the surgical team, quality department personnel review the medical records and analyze the data for all spine procedures performed during the past two years. Their goals include determining risk factors for SSI development, identifying interventions to prevent SSIs, and creating and implementing a standardized SSI bundle to improve patient outcomes. A key finding of the data analysis indicates that one surgical skin antiseptic has been associated with lower SSI rates and therefore appears to be more effective at preventing SSIs for the patients who received it. The analytics team consults with a statistician who determines this finding is significant. The team determines that they will identify the nasal decolonization agent and surgical skin antiseptic for the surgery department's SSI bundle, according to the initial data analysis and best practices identified in current SSI guidelines. The team decides to develop and implement a study protocol to validate these findings. A study team of surgeons, pharmacists, and anesthesia professionals convenes to develop the study protocol and select the method of nasal decolonization and skin antisepsis based on the identified microorganisms from SSI wound cultures and the outcomes from the two years of collected data. The team evaluates preoperative bathing protocols and determines that patients will be instructed to perform preoperative bathing with the designated amount of CHG and to wait for one minute before rinsing. The patients will bathe twice before surgery and will don clean clothes after the second bath or shower on the morning of surgery. On the day of surgery, the preoperative nurse will cleanse the patient's entire back with a CHG-impregnated cloth to ensure effective cleaning of hard-to-reach areas of the back. The study team members determine that they will use a universal approach to nasal decolonization with administration of a povidone iodine decolonization product during preoperative patient preparation on the day of surgery. They will use an alcohol-based product with CHG for surgical skin antisepsis. Before selecting the products, the study team members review the data analysis from previous spine procedures, SSI rates from surveillance, available study results related to the products, the resistance of the cultured microorganisms to the products, and the manufacturer's instructions for application. Both products are effective in decreasing enteric organisms, for example, E. coli, and MRSA on the skin. The study team implements the SSI bundle and collects data on compliance and SSI rates. 
Conclusion Surgical side infections are a serious complication of surgery. Perioperative personnel can implement strategies, such as decolonization, preoperative bathing, and skin antisepsis with an appropriately selected agent to reduce bacteria that may contribute to an SSI. A standardized SSI prevention bundle can be beneficial in a fast-paced preoperative setting. It is important for perioperative nurses to continue to evaluate outcomes, review current evidence, and individualize bundle components according to the planned procedure and the effectiveness of the chosen strategies. For example, decolonization agent, skin antiseptic, to provide the safest and most effective SSI prevention interventions.